On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla and Elon Musk go to battle with the state of California over the ability to reopen the Tesla factory in Fremont, SpaceX puts the Model X to pretty cool use, Reuters gives us a sneak preview of what to expect at Tesla's battery day, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for the 250th episode of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for May 17th, 2020. Boy, 250 episodes. That is a fun milestone. Week after week, 250 weeks of this. That's that's pretty cool. I, uh, I, I can feel a little proud of that because that's a long time. It's almost five years. The actual five-year anniversary of the podcast is, I believe it's the end of July, if I remember correctly. I'd have to go back and check. But in any case, whether you've been with me for one episode, five, 50, or all 250, thank you so much for joining me here for the 250th episode of Ride the Lightning. And I'll tell you, a year ago, uh, actually, it was also just about a year ago that I had Elon Musk on. That was at the end of May of last year. And a year ago after that, I thought, well, it would. I dreamed of, well, it'd be cool to have him on again for the 250th for the next big milestone, as, uh, like I said, as I was lucky enough to do for episode 200. But, hey, <laughs> a global pandemic put the brakes on not just that idea, but a whole lot of ideas. Maybe someday we'll be able to get him back on again. Anyway, I have to be honest here, I wish this was a bit more of a celebratory 250th episode. Uh, I'm very, again, super proud of five years worth of podcasts. That's, uh, I love it. I, I, I appreciate everything that, that has come as a result of this podcast. All the wonderful emails and hotline phone calls and tweets that I get from you guys and just growing the audience from nothing into, into just my happy little corner of of uh, of the Tesla beach, you know, this my little grain of sand, and the, in the on the beach that is the Tesla community. Uh, but really, yeah, it's it's. I started this podcast. I've said this before, but hey, it's two fifty. I'm gonna allow me to to just look back here for a minute. I started this because I thought it would be a fun way to channel my love for podcasting and my love for radio and my enthusiasm for Tesla, my my hobby of Tesla all into one place. Because you've heard me say this before if you've been with me for a bit, but I work in the world of video games by day and I'm very blessed to have that job. Don't get me wrong, I love it. I, I genuinely love going to work every day or in, in the case now, logging into work every day. But you know, even though you'd probably think that video games would be a totally cheerful, and fun community and, and comments that you'd get all the time. It's often, in fact, very toxic. And I do mean very toxic, which <laughs> not all the time, thankfully, but it's day by, I would say, barely a day goes by where someone doesn't insult my appearance, uh, call me a name, or, or wish something horrible upon me because of some opinion that I've given 
a video game given about a video game on IGN, which is a you know it's a big website in the world of video games, so we're a big target, and it's weird. It's just weird to me that that happens, but that is a reality, and so that's I didn't start this podcast just to escape that, but what I have. I have found as part of my love in doing this podcast is that Ride the Lightning has been a wonderful escape from that. I can honestly tell you, and I'm going to just knock on wood because I don't want to jinx it, but <laughs> this podcast, the feedback I get, the the interactivity with, with the community, it has been, I would say, genuinely 99% positive. Again, here on just my little corner of, of, the, of the internet beach. But... Unfortunately, recently, as we know, that Tesla has, has sort of become politicized. Really, no matter how you feel about the current events, and I'm just, I'm not looking for any of that. I don't want anything to be politicized with the world of Tesla. I just want to enjoy it. You know, our, our lives are full of enough partisan bickering as it is. At least mine is. I don't know about yours. Some I, some people, I guess, thrive on it and they love it, and that's that's fun for them. But I just want to sit here and talk about cool cars and the innovative, world-changing company making those cars. But at least recently, and for this week still, it's not quite that simple because this past week now saw the escalation of Elon Musk and to an extent, Tesla versus the state of California. Uh, now, I'm really glad that the bulk of the activity around this happened at the very beginning of the week because I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I, on Monday, when I, I really, I was, I was sitting there going, I don't even want to do the podcast this week. Like, that's how, just how... Uh, incendiary the whole thing had become on no matter which way you were looking at it which sort of perspective you had it was it was just very unpleasant let's say I, I'll, I'll say that it was it was an unplay normally tesla is fun for me it's entire it's nothing but fun it's it's completely fun but boy this this week's been a tough one as far as covering tesla um it's and if you ask me and again i i realize I'm I'm not out to get hate mail over this. Uh, it might happen. I'm just going to give my opinion and try to be respectful of uh, of the other opinions and other perspectives here. But if you ask me, coming out of this whole Tesla factory reopening situation, I think everyone's hands are dirty at this point. And I'm quite frankly, I am fed up with everybody. With with not and I'm not saying literally individual people, but I'm fed up with with the various uh, forces involved in this. The sort of not individual humans, but the larger forces. You know, it's uh, if you want to. I welcome constructive disagreement. Certainly, always. That's always a good way to try and learn something new and get someone's perspective. But I, I gotta f- say that I think at this point, sitting here now. There are, quote-unquote, bad things to take out of anyone's position because the waters have just gotten muddied over the last week in particular. I, I just don't think there's any single right side or right answer here. Whatever side you're on or, or 
maybe that's too combative of a way to put it. Whatever perspective you have, whatever the solution you think should be, almost certainly has negative side effects. I'm not aware of a cure-all, a panacea for this. But here's where we're at. If you're kind of sitting here scratching your head going, wait a second, Ryan, I, I rely on you to recap the week's Tesla news, and I'm a little lost here. What are you talking about? Let me do my best to walk you through a, a, a abbreviated, but hopefully all still thorough enough version of this. Here's where we're at. Certain classes of businesses were cleared to begin reopening in Alameda County, which is where Tesla factory, the Tesla factory is located. Certain classes of businesses were cleared to begin reopening gradually uh, as the next phase of the shelter-in-place situation. And Tesla appeared to be part of that group. The mayor of Fremont, which is the city, of course, that the Fremont factory is located in, she voiced her support. The governor of California seems to agree. But the Alameda County officials in charge of enforcing the shelter-in-place policy disagreed and ordered Tesla to not reopen. Elon Musk then took to Twitter and threatened to move all of Tesla, threatened to move everything to Texas or Nevada as part of the this whole ongoing Tesla factory shutdown situation in Fremont. And he tweeted this, quote, Frankly, this is the final straw. Tesla will now move its headquarters and future programs to Texas slash Nevada immediately. Even if, or pardon me, if we even retain Fremont manufacturing activity at all, it will be dependent on how Tesla is treated in the future. Tesla is the last car maker left in California, end quote. Tesla then filed a lawsuit against the county and made a blog post, which I will read a small excerpt of to you now. Quote, Tesla is the last major car maker remaining in California and the largest manufacturing employer in the state with more than 10,000 employees at our Fremont factory and 20,000 statewide. We understand the impacts COVID-19 has caused and have a responsibility to look out for the livelihoods and safety of our personnel, many of whom rely on us and have been out of work for weeks due to the impacts of shelter-in-place orders. Our restart plan is the result, and I'm skipping ahead a little now. Our restart plan is the result of months of careful planning and preparation. It was modeled after the comprehensive return to work plan we established at our Shanghai Gigafactory, which has seen smooth and health, uh, healthy operations for the last three months. Skipping ahead. We will continue to put people back to work in a safe and responsible manner. However, the county's position left us no choice but to take legal action to ensure that Tesla and its employees can get back to work. We filed a lawsuit on May 9th asking the court to invalidate the county orders to the extent the county claims they prevent Tesla from resuming operations. That blog post was accompanied by a 38-page plan on how Tesla believes they are safely handling the reopening of the plant. California Assemblywoman, uh, her name is Lor a California Assemblywoman, her name's Lorena Gonzalez, then tweeted, F asterisk CK, I think you know where I'm going with this, uh, F 
UCK Elon Musk, the end of tweet, three words, which I have to tell you, I only saw that tweet because Elon replied to it saying simply, message received. And while I, I'll tell you, while I doubt that my response to uh, the assemblywoman will get seen uh, by her because, as you might imagine, that tweet went viral and got many thousands of replies. Here was my response to the assemblywoman. Uh, I wrote this, if you care. Maybe you don't, but I wrote back this. What an embarrassing, classless response to this situation. As a Tesla owner, I'm not exactly thrilled with Elon's handling of this either, but as a Californian proud to have Tesla in our state, I'm appalled at your response. I won't be voting for you on any future ballots. That was uh, then I pressed send tweet. Because honestly, that's how I feel about this whole thing. I, that, that really sums it up. That, that's where I'm at. Uh, again, disagree with me, hopefully respectfully, if, you'll, if, if that's how you feel, and I'm sure some of you will. The thing about issues like this is that someone's always going to be mad at you, no matter your opinion, which again is, what, is not what I'm trying to have on this podcast, but here we are. Elon threatening to pack up and move everything to another state. Quite frankly, I, I'm not thrilled with that response. I think that's a very unbecoming response. Uh, I, I just, I was just head in my hand. I just did deep sigh when I read that. I was not thrilled about, about him saying that. Uh, because, you know, you think about it, it's, it's very, it's a very, I'm going to take my ball and go home kind of thing. If he does go to another state and then they make him mad at some point, well, is he going to pack the entire company up and move again? But certainly that's, and that's just the extent that's, that's Elon. Not thrilled about that. I, I get that he wants to reopen. I completely see where they're coming from. They laid out a very comprehensive plan. They have they have uh, been through this before. It's not quite apples to apples with Shanghai because the the testing situation we just don't have any here really for by and large. But okay, I mean I'm very much in acknowledgement that the Tesla has a blueprint here that has been effective in a similar capacity, and they laid out a comprehensive plan to do so here. So all right, I'm just I'm not thrilled with with Elon kind of going with the nuclear option. I, I that's a little unbecoming if you ask me. But an elected state official of the state I live in that I'm I'm really proud to live here. I mean, I know a lot of people complain about California and and a lot of people have problems with California, but a lot of us do love living here. I mean, it's a big state, there are a lot of people, and I'm one of them. I I really there's a lot about California I love, and one of those things is I love that Tesla's here. It really makes me proud as a Californian that the company that I, this company that I so believe in, that, uh, that I believe in enough to have done 250 weeks of podcasts about and counting, I am proud to have them here, and not just here, in my backyard here. They're an hour away from me, actually a little less if there's no traffic from San Francisco to Fremont. So an elected state official telling one of her constituents, because remember, 
Elon lives in California, at least for now. He still lives here. So an elected state official telling one of her constituents to F off is both insulting to, to Elon, certainly, and to, to all uh, Californians, in my opinion, and, in my opinion, counterproductive. Literally nothing good comes of her comment. Again, I'm not thrilled with Elon's response, but I'm way more upset with California's government right now. And again, that's not to say, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, ready to pack up and leave. I love it here, and it's we work through the... Just this could have all been managed so much better on all sides, but to, to just zero back in for a second on F. Elon Musk, uh, are, are you trying... Assemblywoman, are you trying to run off one of the most exciting companies in the world that's got their their home base in your state and the 20,000 jobs and counting, by the way, because as Tesla continues to, to grow and expand, the 20,000 jobs and counting that come along with that, it's, in, it's absurd. It's insane. And it, it just made me, I was so frustrated this week. Believe me, again, I'm glad I'm recording on Friday after I've had a chance to calm down and the whole situation is kind of calmed down, although believe me, there's more to talk about. But boy, I was just, I was, I was genuinely stressed out in the beginning of the week because I'm thinking about like, I'm going to, I got to talk about this on the podcast. It's going to be, it's, it's a, it's like a, just a, a hot, almost again, politicized issue. I'm going to get listeners mad at me, which is not why I started this. It's not, I'm just, I'm looking for, I know, you know, it's, you can't please everybody, right? That's, I know that's not the case, but if you've taken the time to listen to this podcast, the goal is this shared communal thing, this shared enthusiasm for Tesla and what they're up to and the cool cars that they're making. And I know that there are probably people out there that are uh, now not happy with me, which is not what I'm going for. But again, I have to be true to myself and be honest here and try it, but try and do it in a respectful way. Just as I did two weeks ago uh, when I heard from a lot of you uh, on that. There are some people mad at me. There actually, I got some, I got a couple emails that were really uh, just hurtful, but most people at least saw that I, even if they didn't agree with me, that, that I was trying to be uh, respectful of, of all perspectives. But so again, <laughs> I'm fed up with everybody on this. I don't think Elon's handled it well. I don't think Alameda County has handled this well when other businesses, other manufacturing has restarted and Tesla is being seemingly singled out here. And, and for God, or who knows why you've got, they're, they're, they're the rock star of your community from a, from a, uh, an industry perspective. And anyway, I, and I certainly don't think that Assemblywoman Gonzalez has handled this well by sticking her nose in and inflaming the situation completely unnecessarily. Though I do want to acknowledge too, it might not be fair of me to sit here and Monday morning quarterback this thing. You know, I don't know what I would have done if I was in Elon's position or the county's position or anyone else's. But uh, by the way, I'll, while I'm talking about things I'm fed up with as sort of part of this whole swirling storm that's that's brewing around Elon and around Tesla right now, I want to say I'm also fed up with people railing against Elon 
just because he's a billionaire. Now, you might disagree, as I did a couple weeks ago, with, with some of the things that he's said about the, the entire uh, shelter-at-home coronavirus pandemic situation. You might, you know, you, you're, you can disagree. You can disagree, but I'm seeing this narrative now where Elon's terrible and he's horrible and he's a monster just because he's a billionaire. Oh, billionaire Musk, he's a, he's a monster. And, and quite frankly, again, even as I sit here and say I'm not thrilled with Elon's response to this, uh, with, with the whole threatening to take your ball and go home, I, you know, I, I just don't think it's fair. Because Elon, uh, and whether you want, regardless of whether you're comparing him to other billionaires or just taking him in a vacuum at just for him who he is, I would argue that he's he has done and continues to try and do plenty of good for the world with his uh, three comma club resources to 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 uh, use a Silicon Valley HBO show reference if you haven't seen that show. So, and in fact, Elon talked about on the, the, if you went and listened to the entire Joe Rogan interview that I played you a clip of, what it was at uh, last week, right? Uh, if you went and listened to the whole thing, Elon actually talked about that, how, how being a billionaire is, is just inherently an attack vector for people. Those, that was his term, an attack vector of people into, to him, just, just attacking him just because of that. So it's, uh, you know, it, I, I'll tell you, I'm exhausted. I really am. It, it's been an exhausting week of Tesla. And again, I know there are far more important things in the world, but hey, this is my Tesla podcast. You know that I am passionate and enthusiastic about Tesla. So these are my very passionate feelings on this topic, whether you agree with them or not. But here's the thing. I'm exhausted and things were only just getting started Elon tweeted on Monday, quote, Tesla is restarting production today against Alameda County rules. I will be on the line with everyone else. If anyone is arrested, I ask that it only be me. Now, uh, I can tell you uh, that Monday is typically not a Tesla, not a, a Fremont day for Elon. That's a SpaceX day. I learned a little bit about his schedule before my, as I was working up to my interview with him last year. And unless his schedule's changed, he he made an exception here. I, he was clearly coming up here to prove a point. So he went out there and he did. He worked the line. He was out there with the Tesla employees coming back to work, uh, which... So yeah, I will be on the line with everyone else. If anyone is arrested, I ask that it only be me, end quote. Which, hey, again, you may agree with it and you may not, but at least he's putting himself out there to personally bear the consequences should there be any. And I honestly can't blame him for choosing that path to defy the order. And and he he was basically daring the county to do something about it, uh, you know, an arrest, had it happened, would be a wealth of free publicity, though it would also certainly inflame, further inflame both sides of the situation. And as I sit here on late Friday night recording, it looks like Elon, uh, I, again, I don't mean this in any kind of 
incendiary way, but he more or less called their bluff because he has not been arrested. And ABC7 News here in the Bay Area reported uh, when they inquired with the Fremont police, quote, Fremont police tell us that they currently have no plans to make any arrests or issue any citations for what would be a misdemeanor, end quote. So, uh, plus the fact that, again, it's been five days, four days, I guess, since that uh, defying of the order began. Now, on the plus side, let me, let me swing this back around to, to hopefully a more positive thing here. Because, as you know, I, I try prefer to try and see the good and optimistic side of things. The, you've got the mayor of Palo Alto, a gentleman by the name of Adrian Fine. He voiced his support on Twitter, saying, quote, I would be really sad and disappointed if Tesla left Palo Alto, which, by the way, is, is where the, corp, the corporate headquarters is, if you weren't aware. For those of you who may not be familiar with the Bay Area, Palo Alto's across the bay. Basically, straight. If you, you can almost draw a straight line from Palo Alto, from the corporate headquarters, straight over to the other side of the, the San Francisco Bay, uh, where the Fremont factory is, uh, the, the corporate headquarters, Palo Alto, is over here on the San Francisco side. Anyway, the mayor writing, I would be really sad and disappointed if Tesla left Palo Alto, and st- I stand ready to help. I truly appreciate having a cutting-edge company based here, employing people, paying taxes, and helping to solve the climate crisis. Happy to help Elon Musk, uh, which Elon acknowledged on Twitter. And then California Governor Gavin Newsom also expressing support in one of his daily addresses to the state, saying this. Tesla. I have long been a strong advocate and supporter, early adopter of the technology. Uh, I have uh, not only known that company, uh, but I've known its founder for many, many years. I have great reverence uh, for their technology, for their innovative spirit, uh, for their leadership, uh, and I have great expectations uh, that we can work through at the county level the issue with this particular county uh, and this company in the next number of days. Pretty clear cut by Governor Newsom there. And then the president of the United States even tweeted his support for Tesla. So here's to sum up. Here's where I stand on this. I want Tesla to get back to business. I want its employees to resume their livelihoods. But I also want them to be safe. And I want the surrounding Bay Area communities that those people uh, who work at Tesla live in, I want them to be safe. And I definitely don't want Tesla to leave California. As I said, I'm very proud to have them in my state and specifically extra proud that they're here in my backyard. So I don't know what the answer is. I'm not smart enough to have the answer. Though, as I said earlier, I think the situation is such that no one's going to agree in any kind of consensus way no matter what the path forward ultimately is. But Tesla's 38-page plan of action, which, by the way, you can read on their website. They posted it publicly, as well as Tesla's experience in reopening the Shanghai Gigafactory sure seems like a really good start, and that's why uh, I am happy now that they are... I'm personally happy that they they have chosen to defy the order because... Other 
companies in in uh, the, the, that county are back to work, and Tesla has laid out a plan. They have they are implementing this stuff. So uh, hopefully this is going to be over pretty soon. And uh, I I hope I've not offended you in my comments. Again, it's not I don't want to to hammer it too hard, but again, it's. I, I am respectful of the fact that this is a one-person podcast. I don't have another person here to represent the an, another side of it. This is my opinion. If you have a different one, I, I uh, would be happy to hear from you in a hopefully respectful way and not any sort of personally insulting or, or attacking way. But um, anyway, I, it's not my intention to offend anybody listening here. Again, my desire, all I want, and hopefully we're going to get back to this very, very soon, is again to talk about these cool cars and the amazing company behind them that's innovating an entire industry, and I want to share in that collective enthusiasm with you. That has what That is what has brought me a, a truly great amount of joy in the 250 weeks that I've been doing this. So I'm going to get back to doing that. And I, my hope is that things can return to some kind of normal as far as Tesla operations go in whatever the safest and also most economically friendly possible friendly way possible is. Maybe that's a naive hope of mine. You know, again, maybe it's, it's going to be messy. It's going to be complicated no matter what. But that is my hope. It's maybe it's a naive hope, but it's all I've got. All right, let me tell you about some more definitely universally accepted fun things because the rest of it's all good, all fun from here on out. You know, I don't typically cover SpaceX here on this podcast because I'm I'm a car guy, I'm focused on the cars. But in this case, we've got ourselves a good old-fashioned Tesla SpaceX crossover that we can all get excited about. And that is this, the Tesla Model X will be the vehicle that transports two NASA astronauts to the SpaceX Dragon capsule en route off this planet to the International Space Station that is coming up. That launch is scheduled for May 27th. Tesla Roddy reporting on this saying, the, ele- the all-electric SUV has become the official transport vehicle for SpaceX crew missions and a far departure from the Airstream vans that NASA has used for decades in this purpose. The NASA-themed Tesla Model X will carry NASA astronauts Bob Behnken and Colonel Doug Hurley on a short ride from the Operations and Checkout Building at the Kennedy Space Center where they will suit up and to the launch pad. Uh, they continue noting... The SpaceX Crew Dragon Demo 2 mission will mark NASA's first crewed launch, crewed meaning not (laughs) C-R-U-D-E, C-R-E-W-E-D, first crewed launch in nearly a decade. Both astronauts will make their way to the International Space Station inside the SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft and remain in space for over a month before coming back to Earth. Quote, We would like to fly a mission that is as long as we need to for a test flight, but also support some of the space station program needs, said Steve Stitch, NASA's deputy manager of the commercial crew program. Now, if if, uh, this is a Tesla podcast, so if you're curious, 
hey, what kind of, what Model X are they using? It is a white, long-range Raven version of the Model X with the 20-inch two-tone slipstream wheels, the ones that cost a little bit extra in the design studio. And there's a cool NASA decal on each of the two front doors. And I have to say, uh, if you look at the picture online, they looked, the, the astronauts looked really super cool posed next to the Model X in their SpaceX flight suits. They looked like, seriously, it all, they really looked like a perfect match for the car and vice versa. The car looked like a perfect match for them. So this is awesome and I cannot wait to watch this launch. This It's going to be a goosebumps kind of moment for me, I think, just like the uh, Falcon Heavy launch was. And and anytime I watch the Falcon 9s come back down and land land on Earth again after their their uh, their mission completes, that is gives me goosebumps every time. Uh, next this week, more fun stuff. Tesla's battery day. Well, we've got a little bit of a, shall we say, an unauthorized sneak preview because Reuters has themselves an exclusive. Here's an excerpt from it. Quote, electric car maker Tesla Inc. plans to introduce a new low-cost, long-life battery in its Model 3 sedan in China later this year or early next that it expects will bring the cost of electric vehicles in line with gasoline models and allow EV batteries to have second and third lives in the electric power grid. New, low-cost batteries designed to last for a million miles of use and enable electric Teslas to sell profitably for the same price or less than a gasoline vehicle are just part of Musk's agenda, people familiar with the plans told Reuters. The new million-mile battery at the center of Tesla's strategy was developed jointly with China's contemporary Amperex Technology LTD and employs, uh, excuse me, and deploys technology developed by Tesla in collaboration with a team of academic battery experts recruited by Musk, three people familiar with the effort said. Eventually, improved versions of the battery with greater energy density and storage capacity and even lower cost will be introduced in additional Tesla vehicles in other markets, including North America, the sources said. Well, Elon has teased and hinted at some of this in recent months, and this seems to be confirmation that Reuters was able to, to get some sources at Tesla to confirm this stuff. And, you know, Reuters is, they are a major organization, a major news service, and a fairly reputable one in my estimation. So I do believe this report. I know it's always fair to question the sources, especially nowadays. But anyway, Elon has long talked about that tipping point when batteries are the same or less to produce than an equivalent gasoline-powered engine in a gasoline-powered car. That is the game over point for the internal combustion engine, at least from a cost of ownership perspective. There are other factors. If we're, you know, we can be, I can be a Tesla fanboy, but I got to be a little realistic here too. The big factor, in my opinion, being range anxiety. And the next one, I think, would be a long distance charging network. Now, I would argue that Tesla has pretty well taken care of the first one the range anxiety, but the charging network is still, it's well on its way, but 
I, w I personally wouldn't quite call that job done just yet. But still, with this battery, they're going to be able to tout now a million miles of use, which is objectively, we can, I, can, I can take my fanboy hat off or leave it on, and I can say it is objectively superior of a lifespan to an internal combustion engine's uh, lifespan. That is huge. And the headlines that when this battery day happens with this, they will reach far and wide because you'll see things like Tesla announces million mile battery. And anybody that's interested in buying a car is going to click on that because no one reasonably expects their gasoline powered car to last a million miles, nor should they. They just typically don't. So that is going to be a big, big day. Now, I would, I would add, too, the Reuters article covers a lot of other interesting little things as well. So I would encourage you to read the whole thing. I just wanted to give you, give you a piece and talk about a piece. You know, let's make sure to, to uh, quote the source, credit the source here. So if you want to go read it, just search Reuters Tesla Secret Batteries, and that should pull the article right up on any search engine. Now, speaking of Battery Day, we did get an update on it this week with Elon tweeting, quote, we're going to have to push out the date or attendance will be very low. Maybe we'll do it in two parts, a webcast next month and an in-person event a few months later with a question mark. So he's sort of contemplating this aloud. And I have to say, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer. He seemed very confident just a, a few short weeks ago. In fact... Not even that, just what, like two weeks ago, that the battery day would be, he was pretty specific about it, third week of May. But, uh, I mean, like when I think about it, like, well, yeah, it'd be nice to have people there, but for this, do you really need people to physically be there? I mean, the, the various presenters, the, the Jeffrey Dons, uh, the, you know, the battery researcher that, that was alluded to in the article there that works for Tesla and, and Elon and his engineers, I mean, they can they can show their various decks on a on a live stream and give their talks, and they could still field questions via a chat. But Elon specifically addressed that later in the week, saying, "quote There's a lot to see. It's not just a presentation." So I am now am very eager to see what he means by that. Could it be perhaps an updated Tesla Semi prototype? with this new battery tech in it, perhaps, that they'll demonstrate in some way, or maybe they're gonna have kind of a side-by-side -side of old battery pack and, and new in a, in a rolling skateboard chassis that, that they want people to be able to, to really see in person. But regardless, it sounds like we'll now get something in June rather than later this month. Next up this week, I've got, let's see, just a, still a few more stories for you. It's a busy week. A popular request, at, certainly from this show and also in the greater Tesla community, is now coming soon, and that is speed limit sign reading by autopilot. Everyday astronaut, it's, who it's fitting to bring up since I was talking about SpaceX earlier in the show, and I would say he is the, the, uh, the SpaceX equivalent of me in that he's just super enthusiastic about all things SpaceX in the way that I'm super enthusiastic about all things Tesla. 
And I hope I'm not. <laughs> I hope I hope he doesn't take that as, as an insult. I mean, we <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We've 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 uh, exchanged notes a couple times. He's a super nice guy. Anyway, uh, he tweeted about his Tesla, saying, "Why can't the camera in the car read the speed limit signs? Is it because of the patent from Mobileye? It seems like that's not a very novel thing and wise for the future of self-driving cars." Elon kindly replying, saying simply, as he often does, coming soon. So if you're wondering, wait a second, what? Well, Mobileye, huh? What's, what are we talking about here? You may know this, but if you don't, Autopilot 1 can read speed limit signs. The Autopilot 1 hardware was made by a third party outside of Tesla, a company called Mobileye. And if you're newer to the Tesla community, what happened was that Tesla and Mobileye had a very ugly, very public falling out, very public corporate divorce. And that is how Autopilot Hardware 2 was born. Interestingly about that, Tesla had to completely start over, developing their own system from scratch. In fact, for a while, the new Model S's and X's that had Hardware 2 actually had fewer autopilot software features than the older Hardware One cars did. It took Tesla about a year to 18 months or so for Hardware Two to even match Hardware One in uh, feature-wise because, as we all know, generally speaking, even if we're not engineers, self-driving is a really difficult problem to try and solve. So Tesla's been building their own system from scratch for the last several years now. So anyway, the ability for the autopilot system to read speed limit signs in real time has been what I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it is the very last feature that hardware one can do that hardware two plus can't. So it's great to see that it's coming soon to the Tesla fleet. I am looking forward to that because there is a, there are a couple of spots on my regular drives where the it, it would really like it's just going off of mapping data like and it's not not right and I end up having to turn off autopilot in that location. Next this week, a couple more things. The Model Y's center console is now going into the Model 3 in China. This comes via Twitter user Jay in Shanghai, who has uh, definitely had an ear to the ground with all things Tesla in China. He writes, made in China Model 3 with new configurations, now equipped with three USB Type-C ports and wireless charging pad, similar to the Model Y, end quote. And he's got the pictures to prove it, by the way, of a Model 3 with this center console. So this is entirely expected. I had mentioned that this would almost certainly happen once the Model Y started shipping with that updated center console. Though, granted, I don't say that. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back there because it's not as if, as if I was some sort of all-seeing, all-future-knowing genius. I mean, it was a pretty predictable thing. We know the, the, the uh, large quantity of parts that are shared between the 3 and the Y. It was just a matter of time before that updated center console went into the Model 3 as well. Now, presumably, the reason that we're seeing this in Shanghai first is because they have been operational 
for a bit, whereas Fremont's Model 3s, Fremont's been shut down for a while, and thus I would expect now to see this in the Fremont-built Model 3s very, very soon. I would think probably now the only thing that could hold it up would be is if Tesla has a large supply of the version 1 center consoles that it needs to exhaust and, and get out uh, into, into the assembly line first as the Fremont production resumes. But very much glad to see this happening. This is excellent news for all new buyers of the Model 3 and, of course, the Model Y. Finally this week, Sandy Monroe continues to wind down his Model Y teardown, and he literally tore down the Model Y seats this week. Now, as you know, the S and the X share a seat, but that seat is different than the seat that the 3 and the Y share. But thanks to Sandy Monroe, I learned something new about all of the Tesla seats this week. So take a listen to this clip of Sandy Monroe. And um, this is the seat out of the Tesla Model Y. And this uh, is a very unusual situation where this is the first time on any part of the Teslas that we've seen that something is common throughout every Tesla. So if we go in tight here, we can see that this, this little tag right here is telling us that this is good for the Tesla S, X, 3, and, uh, and Y. So all of the different seats have the same seat frame. Now, this is a brilliant idea because now what you get is, um, is a economy of scale. Now, other companies like Ford and, and uh, Chrysler and whatnot have also done it, but this is a good, good option for, uh, for Tesla. Tesla made a smart move here, and that's what we like to see. Well, I don't know about you, but I did not know that all four production Teslas share the same seat assembly frame, the same seat skeleton, effectively. Very cool little factoid. Uh, and a reminder that you can watch all of Sandy Monroe's Model Y teardown videos on his YouTube channel. Search Monroe Live, Monroe spelled M-U-N-R-O. This was episode 38, so he's got a lot of videos to check out if you are interested. And a bonus item this week, I took one last look before wrapping things up. Here's a late-breaking story, at least here on Friday night, as I record this being re uh, reported by the Associated Press. So speaking of uh, reputable, established news organizations, it doesn't get much more so than the AP. Tesla has picked Austin, Texas, and Oklahoma, excuse me, Tulsa, Oklahoma, as finalists for its new U.S. assembly plant. A person briefed on the matter said Friday. The person says company officials visited Tulsa in the past week and were shown two sites. It wasn't clear if there were any other finalists in the mix, uh, but there you go. Uh, Austin versus Tulsa seemingly at this point. And one would have to think that Austin has the advantage right now simply because of Elon mentioning Texas repeatedly in recent weeks. My, just again, I'm speculating here, but just trying to think this through, I would imagine that any Texas deal is contingent on a commitment from Texas lawmakers 
to allow the direct sales of cars to consumers in the state. Of course, te Texas has not has effectively banned Tesla for since its existence. They have they uh, the dealer lobby there has uh, has successfully had a law in place where Tesla cannot sell directly to consumers. So I would think that's a big sticking point for Tesla in these negotiations, and perhaps Tulsa is going to be the backup if Texas lawmakers do not agree to that. Again, total speculation on my part, but it makes sense to me. All right, that is the end of a very, very busy Tesla Newsweek. Uh, stick around here, though. I'm going to do... I've already been talking for, gosh, over 45 minutes already, so stick with me. I'm going to come right back, and I'm just going to do probably three phone calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. I can save the rest for next week because I want to be very respectful of your time here. So stick around. Be right back right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic as it pertains to all things Tesla, I would love to hear from you. You can participate in the Ride the Lightning hotline in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can do the same thing with your 90 second or less question, comment, or discussion topic and call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline anytime, day or night. Toll free number, call it, Skype it. The number is 1 888 989 8752. That's 1 888-989-TSLA, if it helps you remember it. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you'd like to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Jacob from Orlando is up next, wants to talk Cybertruck. You're on the air, Jacob. Hi, Ryan. It's Jacob calling from Orlando, Florida. Um, I have a question concerning the Cybertruck. Now, I understand the Cybertruck's base price is $39.9, and I was just wondering, how do you think they are achieving that price? Now, I know Model 3 starts out around that area, or a little little lower, and uh, I want to know your thoughts on uh, the Cybertruck's production. Do you think it is cheaper due to the production of stainless steel uh, unibody, or do you think it's because there's no paint shop? I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, big fan of the podcast, been listening since the Elon interview. Keep up the good work. Hi, Jacob. Well, Franz and Elon have talked a little bit about this, so what I'm going to say now is mostly paraphrasing them as obviously I'm no manufacturing expert, but essentially, yes, the stainless steel is a big part of it. Stainless isn't inherently expensive, particularly in mass quantity. But no other automaker besides DeLorean has used it because it lasts too long. And it also is heavier than aluminum, which uh, the entire Model S and Model X body is made out of and is similarly weather resistant. And parts of the 3 and Y body are, are part aluminum as well for weight considerations. Also, for the Cybertruck, it's the lack of a paint shop. That, according to Franz and Elon, saves a ton of money on the manufacturing of the vehicle. And also, 
there's the simplified assembly line. They're just folding the stainless into the unibody and then just boom, put the rest of the pieces on or in the truck, done. No paint needed and no paint QA needed at the end of the line to touch up any flaws in the paint. Now the other piece of the puzzle is the ever-advancing battery tech. Tesla continues to get their cost per kilowatt hour down using both economies of scale and their own battery tech investments. You heard a little bit about that with uh, that Reuters report about battery day earlier in the podcast. So that's going to be a huge factor as well, because of course, Cybertruck not due out for another year and a half. That gives time for more and more battery advancements to come into play onto a production vehicle. So the uh, and plus the batteries, the single most expensive component of any Tesla or any electric vehicle for that matter. So put it all together and you've got a hammer proof super truck that you're able to sell at a base price of $40,000. John from Huntsville is next responding to Green the Only's security issues that were flagged and I passed along on last week's show. Go ahead, John. Hey, Ryan, John from Huntsville was just calling to follow up on that story from Green the Only on Twitter regarding uh, MCU and FSD hardware upgrades. So we actually had our Tesla Model 3 up there at the service center in Nashville last week to get that exact service done for our um, hardware 3 upgrade. And I asked the service manager about that, and he specifically replied with an email as follows. Regarding your vehicle's old computer, that's a great question. We protect your personal data by wiping the customer profile clean before we begin installation of the new hardware. We then ship the original module back to our headquarters in California so that it can be recycled responsibly. So that's the official word from Tesla in Nashville in any case. As a precaution, I did go ahead and change all of my passwords just to be safe, as was recommended. Also wanted to give them a shout out. They did a fantastic job with the touchless service. I never actually saw anyone or spoke to anyone in person. Everything was done via text message. It went very smoothly. They had a Model S that they had uh, sanitized ahead of time, and then they sanitized it after I had left, and they explained this all very clearly. So it was extremely well done. Very impressed with how they're working in the new environment that we have Thanks again for a great podcast. My uh, wife and kids and I always uh, love listening to the show every Saturday morning when it comes out on uh, Patreon Early Access. That's fantastic. And, uh, well, I look forward to seeing you next time I'm out in San Francisco for uh, beverage. All right. Thanks. John, thank you so much for your call. And hopefully Tesla is indeed taking a more thorough security measure and approach with the old computers now that the issue has been publicly raised. I mean... The thing is, though, that what you're saying probably only applies to people who are just now getting their upgrade. It's good, don't get me wrong, but Green's warning that I passed along is still an important one for people like me who had had this process, had the upgrade done already. So if, you've, if you haven't had it done, it's probably worth asking the service center about, as John did when he got his done, and again, if you uh, had already had it done, such as I had, might be worth to just, to, just to cover your bases, change any of those passwords that need to be changed. Finally, John, it's, uh, it is always nice to hear about a good experience at a service center. You know, we, we call it out when we need to, but hey, got to praise it when it's good as well. Glad they took great care of you. And yes, I hope to see you in San Francisco again fairly soon. Hopefully we, we can get some kind of return to normalcy here 
at some point. Uh, let's see, I'm just do one more call this week. As I said, I'm already running long. I want to be respectful of your time. Somi calling in, uh, responding to the call. This was, I guess, from a few shows now. Uh, we had that 11-year-old caller who, uh, calling in on behalf of his dad, trying to convince dad to get that Model Y. They were trying to decide three versus Y. So here is Somi talking to that. Hi, Ryan. This is Somi. I uh, listened to your podcast last week, and great podcast, by the way, as usual. Uh, you had a listener question from someone's 11-year-old son, which was awesome. Um, and they were at, he was asking about the difference between the Model 3 and the Model Y. And I wanted to add one of my observations because I don't hear about this a lot, but I do think that it's uh, something of a significant factor for, for consideration. Um, I wanted to get a Model Y way back, um, but I just couldn't wait. And I didn't think the Model Y would come out so fast, which is why I got my 3. I love my 3, but my gripe is the, um, the the height clearance in the trunk. The Model 3 has a tremendous amount of storage capacity, but it is in the horizontal position. Um, and so I was on a road trip last summer for like 35 days, and it was on mostly on the road. So I was carrying a cooler with me and luggage, and, um, and that height clearance really... Um, really was really, really noticeable every time I wanted to go into the cooler to grab a drink or to grab something or to go into my luggage and grab, you know, a fresh set of clothes or things like that on, because every time you had to do that, you had to pull the whole cooler out because there's not enough clearance to pull the lid off. And I didn't even have a very big cooler. I had a, like a sort of a personal sized cooler. I can't imagine with a full size cooler, that would be literally impossible to even peek in. So, and for the full cooler, that's really heavy. You know, the luggage, I notice it when I go to Costco and I bring uh, carrying bins with me immediately um, as I put it into my new Tesla, I could see I had to slide it in differently, you know. Um, and I've owned sedans all my life. I've never had a crossover before. And I've had Honda Civics and, and you know, I lots of different sedans. I've never had this... Um, this height clearance issue before until I got my Model 3. Um, so again, I am so in love with my Model 3. It is the best purchase I've ever had in my life. But it is one aspect that I think this family could consider, especially if they are going to go on camping trips. You will find that the the utility of the space for Model Y it will be um, much, uh, much easier to deal with, even from day-to-day day-to-day activities. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Thanks. Thank you very much, Somi. That is a great point. Plus, the Model Y has a flat trunk, too. By flat, I mean uh, when you open the, the rear tailgate, it's you can just slide something right in flat. It doesn't go down again to the floor from the, the opening of the, of the uh, rear liftgate there. So and that's meaning, you know, it's it's even with the door seal, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So that means you can easily slide things in and out of it without having to lift them up. So that's another thing worth mentioning there. Thanks again for your call. Thanks to everybody who called in again. Uh, just taking a few calls here since I'm running long. Plenty more calls to get to for next week, but keep them coming. Always happy to hear from you. I gave you the call-in information at the top of the segment. So stick around, though. Not quite done. Got your pro tip of the week and a little bit more right after this. Thank you. 
Well, I do have a quick personal Tesla story for you this week, and I'm going to sound like a broken record. <laughs> I'm sorry because it is really frustrating for me as well. You're probably sick of hearing about it. I took another foreign object in my tire. This time it was a one inch long bolt, like a pretty thick bolt. I was, uh, I was driving home. I'm, ta I'm taking the car out once a week. I go to, I think I mentioned, might've mentioned this on last week's show. On the weekend, once a weekend, I've been taking Daisy to just a favorite remote spot where I, I like to go, go for walks. Uh, near an area where I used to live. And so that's been kind of my one outing a week. And uh, when I was coming back home, I'm coming on my residential street right near my house. And I don't know if the radio was off, the sound system was off, or just might have been a quiet part of a song, but I heard, I could hear like a tick, tick, tick. I was like, oh no, <laughs> please don't be. I was like, I've heard that sound before. Sure enough, pull in the garage. I used summon to kind of to just move the car forward and back a little bit before so I could check all the way around the tire and just found the yeah, found the big, big bolt sticking out of the tire, which is why it was making the noise, because it was actually sticking out past the tire. Thankfully, it got the meat of the tire, not not but not the sidewall at all, and not even the sort of in-between the treads. It was just right in the meat of it. And uh Thankfully, this time, I had the America's Tire Road Hazard Warranty, which I told you about after last time, when I had the blowout and had to get uh, from the potholes and had to get four new tires, because the last, the two good ones were, were pretty worn down anyway. So the tires were from Tesla, but a listener had kindly told me that, hey, uh, America's Tire, which in some parts of the country, I know Arizona, where I used to live, is its discount tire. I think it is a national chain. It's just a matter of what it's called. They will sell you a road hazard warranty uh, as long as the tires are new. So I had managed to get in there pretty quickly after getting that last new set. And and it, guess what? It's it, Well, I guess it hasn't, it hasn't officially paid for itself yet since it was able to just be patched. But it's uh, if I... If I end up having to replace just one tire, it will be well worth it. So at least this time, instead of worrying that I had just had another $400 problem, this time uh, I knew whether it was patchable or not that I had that warranty in my back pocket. So thank goodness. I, I <laughs> I'm just seem to be cursed in that department. But what are you going to do, right? You got to just keep driving it and keep uh, keep having fun with the car and have that warranty to, to back you up. Oh, anyway, real quick, uh, I'll give another video game recommendation as Shelter in Place continues for a lot of people. Here's one. This is actually uh, a mobile game. So I've been trying to, I've mentioned Xbox games, PlayStation, Nintendo. Here's a mobile game, although it is, it came to PS4 later, but I played it all on iPad. It is my favorite mobile game ever because I... Well, I, in my humble opinion, I think most mobile games are not really able to do much. They're not designed to do much except kill time. They're not, there's not a lot of game there. But this one, Hitman Go. Cannot recommend this enough. I believe it's $5 on either the Google Store or the App Store for Apple. And it's... It's a 
it's a puzzle game basically where it's uh, it's set in the world of Hitman. If you've heard of the video game Hitman, there was also a, a not particularly successful film made of it about mm, ten years ago. I think there was even a reboot f- more recent than that. I saw the Timothy Oliphant version, which was the first one, and I, and yeah, there's I haven't seen the more recent one. Anyway, uh, it's it's uh, so you're a you're an assassin, a hitman, and you have to move your it's turn based. You're moving your hitman around the board to try and get at the enemies without them seeing you or again, you have to kind of get to the exit of each board. It's, it's, it's the aesthetic. It's like a board game. It's set up to look like a board game. So it's a really neat aesthetic that works well in the mobile format and the puzzles get really tricky and really challenging the further in you go. And it's just a, it's a really engaging game, whether you're playing at home or whether you're out and about uh, and you, you know, maybe you're wh- wherever you are, you could just pop that open and play. You could just do a one quick puzzle or two and, or sit there for 30 minutes or, or an hour if you want to. So really, really enjoy that game. Hitman Go on mobile and on, uh, there is a PS4 version of it as well. Quickly, your pro tip of the week comes from Mac in Maryland this week. And it's a, uh, well, I'll just let him explain it. I think this is a, a good little kind of workaround to, uh, to warming up your battery. Here's Mac. Hi, Ryan. I have a pro tip that might be helpful for those of us who live in elevated areas who can benefit from downhill sections, but for whatever reason may not have been able to use maximum regen ability due to a cold battery. So if you didn't have time to precondition the standard way, you can trick your car into preconditioning the battery quickly by entering your closest supercharger address as your destination on the in-car navigation. Yes, it'll take more energy and it might not make sense in all situations, but for those of us who use Waze anyway or who don't need immediate directive help, it really isn't much extra inconvenience. So I hope that's helpful for someone out there. Thanks. Mac, I have used that one myself before, and although for a, for a different purpose, I used it after leaving my garage with a full charge. When the most recent time that I wanted to go test the zero to 60 after the, that most recent software update that gave the, the performance model threes an extra, an extra little bit of, of quickness, I, I had my car charged up. And then when I left to go to my little secret spot that I go to do my launches, I just put in that nearest supercharger destination and it starts warming up the battery. So that is a good one. I like that. Thank you very much. And if any of you out there have a pro tip of the week, something interesting about your car, whether it's an Easter egg, a shortcut, just something, whatever it is, you can send it in the same way that you send in a Ride the Lightning hotline call. All right, I have got to hit the road here. I've taken up enough of your time this week. I want to first mention my Patreon. Uh, if you enjoy this show, for again, I know a lot of people, for a lot of people, this is your 50th episode, or I guess, well, I guess technically 51st, because if you started listening at the Elon episode, that means, yeah, so you've been listening for about a year. Welcome. I'm so glad you stuck around. Some of you longer, some of you newer, whatever the case, uh, I do put a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm and and uh, love goes into this podcast and research, too. That's just, uh, I do what I can. I want to make it as good as possible. I, I want it to 
I want to be be able to stand behind it, which I do. So if that's something that you'd, you'd like to support, if you feel that I've earned your support, if you're in a position to do so, I would greatly and sincerely appreciate your support which happens on Patreon. If you're if you're not familiar, Patreon is kind of a it's a way to support creators, musicians, authors, podcasters, uh, what have you, artists, uh, you know, painters, all kinds of creative folks in an ongoing way. Uh, you know, month after month. I mean, you can always stop the support anytime you want, but it's a really great platform, very safe, very secure. It's been around for a while, so you can find out more about Patreon on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I'll never put the, you know, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never block anything about the show itself from everyone. That's always going to be free, but I have some other little just bonuses that I've added for people that support at the various tiers on Patreon. So I'd be humbled and, and appreciative if you'd check that out sometime. Meanwhile, uh, you've got abstractocean.com taking care of your Tesla accessory needs. They've got a lot of stuff, so check them out. Abstractocean.com, whether it's the center console wrap kits for the 3 and the Y, whether it's lighting kits for all four Teslas, you know, better, better, uh, brighter LEDs, I should say. Whether it's uh, screen glass, uh, tempered glass screen protector, etc., etc., abstractocean.com, and it's you've got a 15% discount waiting for you upon your first purchase there for listeners of this podcast using the coupon code RTL Podcast, all one word on that. And Immaculate Reflections, just a wonderful detailing service. What a what a professional, what a, a pro. Jeff is. He's a great human being on top of that, or more importantly than that, he's a great human being. So he's going to do quality work, reputable work, honest work. If you want to do paint correction on your Tesla, paint protection film, ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for a number of years, whatever you want to do, Jeff is more than capable of making your car look better than ever and protect it as much as it can be protected. So check him out. His website is irdetailing.com. He's got discounts for listeners of this podcast, so contact Jeff at Immaculate Reflections for more about those. And then there's puretesla.com slash RTL. That's your one-stop solution for your dash cam slash sentry mode. So just head on over to puretesla.com slash RTL, and then you've got two choices there. There is a 128 gigabyte kit, which is what I'm using. That's $49 or $69 if you want to beef up to a 256 gigabyte kit. Comes uh, right out of the package, straight into your car. It's formatted. It's ready to go. Works with Mac or PC. Free shipping anywhere in the United States. PureTesla.com slash RTL. And then Jada. Jada's got a uh, new, faster wireless charging pad on the way for the Model 3, so that's pretty cool. They're going to be offering ways for existing customers to upgrade at a discount, but if you haven't bought one yet, 
they're uh, that's gonna that new one's gonna be shipping out. So an even faster uh, and slightly, I guess this would be kind of considered probably the 2.1 version of this. And it's just a great product. I use it in my car. You buy it once, and then you have it in there for the life of the car. So uh, there's that. And then there's the USB hub as well. Gets you some USB-C ports in your Model 3 or Model Y. Uh, Some additional, I should say, USB-C ports in the case of the Y. Uh, Plus that cool hidden uh, USB port behind a, a magnetized little dummy door to hide your your pure Tesla sentry mode kit from any from any uh, clever thieves that might hopefully never happens to you, but they'll have a hard time digging out the, the video evidence of their crime if you've got that USB hub in there to help you out. So if either or both of those is of interest to you, I would humbly ask that you use my referral link to buy those, and you can uh, find that website at getjada.com slash ref slash eight. That's the referral link. Jada spelled J-E-D-A. And let's see, subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already. That's totally free. It just means the podcast will push out to you automatically every time there's a new episode. So that's a nice, uh, convenient thing to do. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Tune in, which is in your Tesla, so you can subscribe and listen in your car if you like. I'm also on Spotify, and then audio only on YouTube if you prefer to consume your podcasts via YouTube. You can just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you will easily find me there. So finally, uh, I guess if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at DMC underscore Ryan on both Twitter and Instagram. And the email address I gave you earlier in the show for phone calls and whatnot, uh, or, or the, the pro tips of the week, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And I'll conclude, of course, by thanking the fantastic Patreon producers. Cannot thank these folks enough for their extra awesome and continued support. Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, Ish, and Ramey from TeslaProTips.com. Thanks to all of you. And with that, for a sleeping Daisy the Boxer, I am Ryan McCaffrey. This was episode 250. I mean, it's it's weird. I just it's it's a little strange to think about that it's actually been 250 weeks, and with the couple of uh, bonus episodes that I've done. There was the one I did when I took delivery. I made a separate episode sort of all about my delivery in case anybody cared about that. 
And then I did the uh, the Tesla Beginner's Guide, which was from, that was what, fall of 20, October or November of 2018. If, uh, I don't know if you know anybody that that might be helpful for, it's admittedly probably a decent bit out of date by now, but maybe some stuff in there might still be helpful. But yeah, I guess it's, it's really kind of 252 episodes in the 250 or 251 weeks. Boy, it's been fun, but uh, my plan is to continue doing this because I do love it, even if uh, every now and again I've got to talk about uh, a Tesla topic that I'm that I'm not <laughs> super excited to talk about. It can't. I guess it can't be enthusiasm and joy all the time. There are some some things, some bumps in the road that pop up, but uh, hopefully from here on out things are going to get start to smooth out, get back to normal in Fremont, and we'll just continue to share and you know, spend an hour or so each week together sharing in this this common interest, this common enthusiasm that we have for these awesome cars and this wonderful company that is making them. So thanks again, everybody. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. Here's to the next 250 episodes. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.